Get to Old Navy now because this week only there's a new red hot deal every single day. Plus up to 50% off store wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in store. So hurry in and get today's wow worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19. Select styles only. $10 off valid in store only. One time use. Excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry. Hey ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Think It Ain't Illegal Yet. I'm your host, St. Clinton. On this show, we'll be playing some poetry, spoken words. And other things about political and social issues going on around the world, both past, present, and future, which will hopefully make you think. I hired Michael Flynn. I thought he'd be just fine Told him to cover my ass He told me to resign I hired the best people The biggest Wall Street bankers I hired Kellyanne Damn, I'd like to spank her I hired Michael Flynn my little whore to help Putin make me win to wage a global war I hire the best people the super uber loyal I hire the best people to sell my Trump snake oil I hired Michael Flynn to be my little bitch I'll do my dirty work with a Russian super rich I hire the best people the best and biggest donors I hire the best people the ones with the biggest boners I hire Michael Flynn it told me to Good evening, Dr. Martin Luther King, the apostle of nonviolence in the civil rights movement, has been shot to death in Memphis, Tennessee. Police have issued an all-points bulletin for a well-dressed young white man seen running from the scene. Officers also reportedly chased and fired on a radio-equipped car containing two white men. Dr. King was standing on the balcony of a second-floor hotel room tonight when, according to a companion, a shot was fired from across the street. In the friend's words, the bullet exploded in his face. Police, who have been keeping a close watch over the Nobel Peace Prize winner because of Memphis' turbulent racial situation, were on the scene almost immediately. They rushed the 39-year-old Negro leader to a hospital where he died of a bullet wound in the neck. Police said they found a high-powered hunting rifle about a block from the hotel, but it was not immediately identified as the murder weapon. Mayor Henry Loeb has reinstated the dusk-to-dawn curfew he imposed on the city last week when a march led by Dr. King erupted in violence. Governor Buford Ellington has called out 4,000 National Guardsmen. Police report that the murder has touched off sporadic acts of violence in a Negro section of the city. In a nationwide television address, President Johnson expressed the nation's shock. 
America is shocked and saddened by the brutal slaying tonight of Dr. Martin Luther King. I ask every citizen to reject the blind violence that has struck Dr. King, who lived by nonviolence. Dr. King had returned to Memphis only yesterday, determined to prove that he could lead a peaceful mass march in support of striking sanitation workers, most of whom are Negroes. Dr. King had this to say last night about the situation in Memphis. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over that. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. Thank you. 
person's thoughts will be the thing which is the crime or the thing that generates the crime. The whole idea of a filthy thought is a religious concept, not really a legal concept, because the Christians who are the most involved in politics right now are Christian extremists who believe in this, uh, the imminent approach of Armageddon, the end of the world. In their theology, in order for Jesus to return, big war.
one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Borders. 
Israel and the United States, the chief rejectionists in the world, are opposed to it. Let's 
Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Sane Clinton. I just wanted to drop in real quick and say thank you for listening to this show. Whether you listen through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Plus, Player FM, or any other way, I just want to say thank you. Yeah. It's coming through a hole in the air from those nights in Tiananmen Square. It's coming from the feel that this ain't exactly real, or it's real, but it ain't exactly there. From the wars against disorder, from the sirens night and day, from the fires of the homeless, from the ashes of the gay, democracy is coming to the USA. It's coming through a crack in the wall on the visionary flood of alcohol from the staggering account of the Sermon on the Mount which I don't pretend to understand at all. It's coming from the silence on the dock of the bay from the brave, the bold, the battered heart of Chevrolet. Democracy is coming to the USA. It's coming from the sorrow in the street the holy places where the races meet from the homicidal bitchin that goes down in every kitchen to determine who will serve and who will eat. From the wells of disappointment where the women kneel to pray for the grace of God in the desert here and the desert far away, democracy is coming to the USA. Sail on, sail on, O mighty ship of state, to the shores of need, past the reefs of greed, through the squills of hate, Sail on, sail on, sail on, sail on. It's coming to America first, the cradle of the best and of the worst. It's here they got the range and the machinery for change, and it's here they got the spiritual thirst. It's here the family's broken, and it's here the lonely say that the heart has got to open in a fundamental way. Democracy is coming to the USA. It's coming from the women and the men. Oh, baby, we'll be making love again. We'll be going down so deep. The river's going to weep, and the mountain's going to shout, Amen. It's coming like the tidal flood beneath a lunar sway, imperial, mysterious, in amorous array. Democracy is coming to the USA. Sail on, sail on. I'm sentimental, if you know what I mean. I love the country, but I can't stand the scene. And I'm neither left or right. I'm just staying home tonight, getting lost in that hopeless little screen. But I'm stubborn as those garbage bags that time cannot decay. I'm junk, but I'm still holding up this little wild bouquet.
words of the great Luther King is hard of believing for change. That was his dream. Was he led to be ever dreaming? His burning desire brought him to his awakening. His passion for a cause started within, then into actions of determination. Do you have a vision to achieve a goal worth reaching, to make something happen? Then start the work for the finishing. Nothing is achieved without effort. If you pray for something, play your part. If you wish for it, take the steps to take it. Believe it, then work for it. Dreams, either small or great, will take an uphill fight. Not to be endured by the swift, but for the one who can endure the test. Dreaming is just a thought, but acting on it is the start. Is your goal in sight? Then make the move for it. Hey guys, this is Jamar the Poet, expressing life through poetry. Older people worry. Older people worry. Older people are sitting there thinking, Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. All that I've built up in my life, built up in my life, is now being eroded, is now being eroded. All that I've built up in my life, built up in my life, is now being eroded, is now being eroded. I wanted to pass something on to my children. I wanted to pass something on to my children. Oh gosh, my life is now being eroded. Is now being eroded. Oh gosh, my life is now being eroded. Is now being eroded. I wanted to pass something on I wanted to pass something on to my children my children And the only way I, and the only way I can stop this process is by dying by dying dying is appalling appalling it's absolutely horrific horrific absolutely absolutely it's absolutely horrific be afraid of living too long living too long old people old people living too long I'm Christopher D. Sim, a.k.a. Universal Love, a poet, spoken word artist, MC, and activist. I was born and raised in Northern Illinois. I've been writing since I was nine years old. I enjoy conversations, traveling, and being involved in the political process. 
I use SoundCloud as a means to share my gifts and talents, to listen to what other artists are doing nationally and internationally, and to collaborate with producers and musicians. My SoundCloud profile is soundcloud.com forward slash universal love. My collaboration idea is to put together an international project where writers and producers join forces to focus on social justice issues that affect us all. These include poverty, the AIDS crisis, homelessness, unemployment, and other related issues. I'm glad to be a part of the SoundCloud community as a hero. That's me. That's my time. Peace. Positive energy always creates elevation. Peace. To the people of South Africa. People of every race and every walk of life, the world thanks you for sharing Nelson Mandela with us. His struggle was your struggle. His triumph was your triumph. Your dignity and your hope found expression in his life, and your freedom, your democracy, is his cherished legacy. It is hard to eulogize any man, to capture in words not just the facts and the dates that make a life, but the essential truth of a person, their private joys and sorrows, the quiet moments and unique qualities that illuminate someone's soul. How much harder to do so for a giant of history who moved a nation toward justice and in the process moved billions around the world. Born during World War I, far from the corridors of power, a boy raised herding cattle and tutored by the elders of his Dembu tribe, Madiba would emerge as the last great liberator of the 20th century. Like Gandhi, he would lead a resistance movement, a movement that at its start had little prospect for success. Like Dr. King, he would give potent voice to the claims of the oppressed and the moral necessity of racial justice. He would endure a brutal imprisonment that began in the time of Kennedy and Khrushchev and reached the final days of the Cold War. Emerging from prison without the force of arms, he would, like Abraham Lincoln, hold his country together when it threatened to break apart. And like America's founding fathers, he would erect a constitutional order to preserve freedom for future generations, a commitment to democracy and rule of law, ratified not only by his election but by his willingness to step down from power after only one term. Given the sweep of his life, the scope of his accomplishments, the adoration that he so rightly earned. It's tempting, I think, to remember Nelson Mandela as an icon, smiling and serene, detached from the tawdry affairs of lesser men. But Madiba himself strongly resisted such a lifeless portrait. Instead, Madiba insisted on sharing with us his doubts and his fears, his miscalculations, along with his victories. I am not a saint, he said, unless you think of a saint as a sinner who keeps on trying. And it was precisely because he could admit to imperfection because he could be so full of good humor, even mischief, despite the heavy burdens that he carried, that we loved him so. He was not a bust made of marble, 
He was a man of flesh and blood, a son and a husband, a father and a friend. And that's why we learn so much from him, and that's why we can learn from him still. For nothing he achieved was inevitable. In the arc of his life, we see a man who earned his place in history through struggle and shrewdness and persistence and faith. He tells us what is possible, not just in the pages of history books, but in our own lives as well. Mandela showed us the power of action, of taking risks on behalf of our ideals. Perhaps Mandela was right that he inherited a proud rebelliousness, a stubborn sense of fairness from his father. And we know he shared with millions of black and colored South Africans the anger born of a thousand slights, a thousand indignities, a thousand unremembered moments, a desire to fight the system that imprisoned my people, he said. But like other early giants of the ANC, the Sisulus and the Tambos, Madiba disciplined his anger and channeled his desire to fight into organization and platforms and strategies for action so men and women could stand up for their God-given dignity. Moreover, he accepted the consequences of his actions, knowing that standing up to powerful interests and injustice carries a price. I have fought against white domination and I have fought against black domination. I cherish the ideal of a democratic and free society in which all persons live together in harmony and equal opportunities. It is an ideal which I hope to live for and to achieve, but if needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared to die. Mandela taught us the power of action, but he also taught us the power of ideas, the importance of reason and arguments, the need to study not only those who you agree with, but also those who you don't agree with. He understood that ideas cannot be contained by prison walls or extinguished by a sniper's bullet. He turned his trial into an indictment of apartheid because of his eloquence and his passion, but also because of his training as an advocate. He used decades of prison to sharpen his arguments, but also to spread his thirst for knowledge to others in the movement. And he learned the language and the customs of his oppressors so that one day he might better convey to them how their own freedom depend upon his. Mandela just demonstrated that action, and ideas are not enough. No matter how right, they must also be chiseled into law and institutions. He was practical, testing his beliefs against the hard surface of circumstance and history. On core principles, he was unyielding, which is why he could rebuff offers of unconditional release, reminding the apartheid regime that prisoners cannot enter into contracts. But as he showed in painstaking negotiations to transfer power and draft new laws, he was not afraid to compromise for the sake of a larger goal. And because he was not only a leader of a movement but a skillful politician, the constitution that emerged was worthy of this multiracial democracy, true to his vision of laws that protect minority as well as majority rights and the precious freedoms of every South African. And finally, Mandela understood the ties that bind the human spirit, 
There's a word in South Africa, Ubuntu. A word that captures Mandela's greatest gift, his recognition that we are all bound together in ways that are invisible to the eye, that there's a oneness to humanity, that we achieve ourselves by sharing ourselves with others and caring for those around us. We can never know how much of this sense was innate in him or how much was shaped in a dark and solitary cell. But we remember the gestures, large and small, introducing his jailers as honored guests at his inauguration, taking a pitch in a Springbok uniform, turning his family's heartbreak into a call to confront HIV-AIDS that revealed the depths of his empathy and his understanding. He not only embodied Ubuntu, he taught millions to find that truth within themselves. It took a man like Madiba to free not just the prisoner, but the jailer as well. To show that you must trust others so that they may trust you. To teach that reconciliation is not a matter of ignoring a cruel past, but a means of confronting it with inclusion and generosity and truth. He changed laws, but he also changed hearts. For the people of South Africa, for those he inspired around the globe, Madiba's passing is rightly a time of mourning and a time to celebrate a heroic life. But I believe it should also prompt in each of us a time for self-reflection. With honesty, regardless of our station or our circumstance, we must ask, how well have I applied his lessons in my own life? It's a question I ask myself as a man and as a president. We know that, like South Africa, the United States had to overcome centuries of racial subjugation. As was true here, it took sacrifice, the sacrifices of countless people, known and unknown, to see the dawn of a new day. Michelle and I are beneficiaries of that struggle. But in America, and in South Africa, and in countries all around the globe, we cannot allow our progress to cloud the fact that our work is not yet done. The struggles that follow the victory of formal equality or universal franchise may not be as filled with drama and moral clarity as those that came before, but they are no less important. For around the world today, we still see children suffering from hunger and disease. We still see rundown schools. We still see young people without prospects for the future. Around the world today, men and women are still imprisoned for their political beliefs and are still persecuted for what they look like and how they worship and who they love. That is happening today. And so we, too, must act on behalf of justice. We, too, must act on behalf of peace. There are too many people who happily embrace Madiba's legacy of racial reconciliation, but passionately resist even modest reforms that would challenge chronic poverty and growing inequality. There are too many leaders who claim solidarity with Madiba's struggle for freedom, but do not tolerate dissent from their own people. And there are too many of us, 
too many of us on the sidelines, comfortable in complacency or cynicism, when our voices must be heard. The questions we face today, how to promote equality and justice, how to uphold freedom and human rights, how to end conflict and sectarian war, these things do not have easy answers. But there were no easy answers in front of that child born in World War I. Nelson Mandela reminds us that it always seems impossible until it is done. South Africa shows that is true. South Africa shows we can change, that we can choose a world defined not by our differences, but by our common hopes. We can choose a world defined not by conflict, but by peace and justice and opportunity. We will never see the likes of Nelson Mandela again. But let me say to the young people of Africa and the young people around the world, you too can make his life work your own. Over 30 years ago, while still a student, I learned of Nelson Mandela and the struggles taking place in this beautiful land. And it stirred something in me. It woke me up to my responsibilities, to others and to myself, and it set me on an improbable journey that finds me here today. And while I will always fall short of Madiba's example, he makes me want to be a better man. He speaks to what's best inside us. After this great liberator is laid to rest, and when we've returned to our cities and villages and rejoined our daily routines, let us search for his strength. Let us search for his largeness of spirit somewhere inside of ourselves. And when the night grows dark, when injustice weighs heavy on our hearts, when our best laid plans seem beyond our reach, let us think of Madiba and the words that brought him comfort within the four walls of his cell. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged the punishment, the scroll, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. What a magnificent soul it was. We will miss him deeply. May God bless the memory of Nelson Mandela. May God bless the people of South Africa. The incursion and bombardment of Gaza not about destroying Hamas. It is not about stopping rocket fire into Israel. It is not about achieving peace. The Israeli decision to rain death and destruction on Gaza use lethal weapons of the modern battlefield on a largely defenseless civilian population is the final phase in the decades-long campaign to ethnically cleanse Palestinians. The assault on Gaza is about creating squalid, lawless, and impoverished ghettos in the West Bank and Gaza, where life for Palestinians will be barely sustainable. It is about building a series of ringed Palestinian enclaves where the Israeli military will have the ability
Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Saint Quentin, and we've come to the end of Think It Ain't Illegal. Yeah, we'll be back soon with a new episode, and hopefully. This episode has made you think and want to make a difference in this world. Now I'm going to turn on for the love of poetry and spoken word and think. Get to Old Navy now, because this week only, there's a new Red Hot deal every single day. Plus, up to 50% off store-wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also, get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in-store. So hurry in and get today's wow-worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19, select styles only. $10 off valid in-store only. One-time use excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry. Get to Old Navy now, because this week only, there's a new Red Hot deal every single day. Plus, up to 50% off store-wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also, get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in-store. So hurry in and get today's wow-worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19, select styles only. $10 off valid in-store only. One-time use excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry.